Welcome in to RJ Bell's Dream Preview College Basketball Edition. I'm AJ Hoffman, joined as I am always joined by Griffin Warner. Hello, Griffin. How we doing, man? You know, it's a great day when the University of Texas at Austin has found its way into a playoff. We might get murdered, but I'm just ecstatic to be there. Uh, left a little bit early from the Big 12 championship because uh, that was a, a murder scene. So um, I'm used to Texas like really screwing these things up. And the NCAA tournament last year for basketball, what's happened in football this year, it's all going to crash down in some form or fashion. But I'm happy at this current moment when you ask me. Well, that's always good to know uh, that. I mean, listen, I, I got a lot of shit on Twitter uh, for or X Ooh. for saying that this was what was going to happen, that Florida State was going to be left out. And I believe they should be left out. Like, I, I just don't think it, they're a competitive team right now. Um, but I, I see the argument for them. Certainly, I feel bad for the other you know, the other kids on that roster that aren't Jordan Travis, because mm. and I kind of feel bad for Jordan Travis having to have that weight on his shoulders. But um, it, it, it's. It's one of those things where at the end of the day, it's they've got to create TV shows that people want to watch. And I think a lot more people wanted to see Alabama than wanted to see Florida State's backup quarterback at the end of the day. So uh, I'm not upset with the results. I think we'll, we'll, we've got some good matchups, and uh, it, that, that, it's going to be fun. Georgia against Florida State, we'll, we'll see who plays for Georgia. And that was the weird thing is like the people arguing for either the best four teams or the best four resumes – Obviously, Florida State has one of the four best resumes. They didn't get in. You know what? They're, Georgia would literally be favored on a neutral against every team that made the playoff. So they didn't get the four best teams either. There was just they did they made a TV show. So I, I'm good with it. And um, again, I, I when you don't really have a dog in the fight, it's a little easier to be good with whatever they go with. Uh, I, I just wanted there. To, I, I didn't want Florida State in personally because I didn't want to see like one bloodbath. Just like I. I People were mad at me when I didn't want Cincinnati in a couple years ago, mm, yeah. and, but turns out it was a bad idea putting Cincinnati in. And I, I, I mean, obviously now that the the fourteen playoffs going away, it's not going to matter anymore. But I knew when that happened, they were done letting a G five team into the dance because they just don't belong. So we'll, um, it will, hell, we'll. I'm sure we'll have time to talk about. It. We'll talk about Texas here in a little bit anyway. Let's go, baby. Uh, but let's ju- let's jump into the games. There's some good ones this week, actually, and let's start with. Uh, Villanova at Kansas State, and we're gonna we're gonna make Kansas State a two point favorite here. Nova is one of the more experienced teams in the country. Four seniors in the starting lineup. That's usually something I like, but this feels like such a major coaching mismatch in favor of Jerome Tang. Uh, I, I like what Kansas State's got on the floor. I like Arthur Kaluma. He's been a really nice fit, although I wish he would stop shooting threes. Um, not sure why he thinks that he is Steph Curry, but I assure you he is not. Um, and, and somehow Villanova, they, they're really weird. They've somehow lost all three of their big five or big six games, whatever they are now. And they've also beat North Carolina, Memphis, and Maryland. So like, what are you? I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, this is just the second true road game for Nova this year. First one was the loss at Penn. Given how strong home court was for Kansas State a year ago, they just lost one game at home last year. That was to Texas by three. Nova has UCLA on deck. I feel like Kansas State's the only team I'm going to look at here. So I, I think give me the home favorite here if it does come around two. What do you think about Kansas State and Villanova? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I had shivers go down my spine because I definitely had K-State against Texas in that game if they choked down the stretch. Uh, so I could have been undefeated yeah. at home. Uh, I mean, honestly, one of the top 10, 20, maybe 15 home courts in all of college basketball. You wouldn't really expect that in Little Apple in Manhattan, Kansas. But uh, every man Wildcat, that place is awesome. The Octagon of Doom is one of the scariest things and one of the most profitable places to back the home team. Uh, I'm wondering if two is going to be really short. Uh, I'm going to try to be on phone, computer, everything when uh, lines drop to potentially get some money in there at the uh, early openers. I know that's not always easy for everyone. There's limits, blah, blah, blah. Um, but Villanova, as you mentioned, Jekyll and Hyde team so far, some really good wins. And you didn't even mention Texas Tech. That's also a good win. They're starting to emerge and have impressed me every time I've watched them pretty much so far. Uh, I think I've had a little success going against them, but I feel like it hasn't 100% been deserved or it's been close. Um, but the losses to Penn, St. Joseph's and Drexel, just, I mean, one on the jumps uh, off St. Joseph's on their home court. So like, that's even worse. Uh, I, I mean, St. Joseph's might be one of the most difficult teams to handicap in all of college basketball, but that's not one of the games we're highlighting. So, uh, Villanova, you mentioned Kyle Neptune. We both are not believers. Um, they brought in a ton of new players and I'm not really sure how well they fit into that system. Villanova basically was so good under Jay Wright because they all could defend. They all could Dribble, take you off the dribble, post you up kind of as that's what they do with a lot of their guards inverting their offense. And then everyone could shoot. Uh, I'm not a believer that Bamba can shoot. Uh, Tyler Burton can't make free throws. And I'm not convinced that he's a, a knockdown shooter either. There's a lot of new bodies that they're trying to work in there to figure out who to play where. Um, there's a lot of big names, but we've seen that flop with Villanova last year. So uh, I think getting more at point guard back was really huge for them, but it's been really inconsistent so far. So for me, it's K-State or nothing. I think anything three or below, and I honestly feel like I lean that way maybe as high as four. Or I'm generally not one that goes above those numbers, but uh, I think I'm only looking at Kansas State here no matter really what the number all right. Well, there we go. We're on a, in some agreement here. Uh, let's go to Madison Square Garden. A couple big games at Madison Square Garden, including your best bet, which we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, but UConn in North Carolina is probably what would be considered the the feature matchup there. Certainly the, the most star power uh, in that matchup. And we're going to go ahead and say UConn minus four here uh, on the neutral. And North Carolina has proven me wrong a lot this season. Um They've lost one game. It was overtime against Villanova, and they followed that up with three straight really statement wins against Arkansas, Tennessee, and Florida State. And they haven't played a road game yet, and they won't play one until January. But playing in Madison Square Garden against UConn is about as close as it's going to get. Pretty close. Uh, UConn did a good job of keeping the Kansas game close despite being – dominated statistically in that game it was one of those where I mean obviously I had a, a pretty heavy wager on that and it was my best bet from the pod last pod and winner I'm watching I'm watching it going how is Kansas not up by 20 right now but I mean credit to UConn they, they hang around uh, but Kansas they were able to draw clinging out of the paint with Dickinson which is kind of what I projected they would be able to do that's something that Baycott can't do like when we talked about uh Tennessee going against bigs and the struggles that they had against Edie and then Dickinson. And then I, I said, I, I thought maybe they would have some with Baycott and they did, but Baycott can't hurt Connecticut the way that, that Dickinson can, because Baycott's not, if they, if they'll invite Baycott to shoot threes, like, go ahead, you go out, you want to go out there, you go ahead. Uh, so as long as they're, the bigs are able to, to stay in the paint for Connecticut, it feels to me like advantage Huskies, 
that said, North Carolina is clearly better than I thought they were. I don't know what the ceiling is, which makes me not really want to uh, it, to to fade them as a as a dog. If anything, it makes me like that's normally the kind of team I want to back as a dog, as a team that I'm like, man, maybe, I don't know if I've really figured out the ceiling of this team yet, uh, and I can get plus four. That's interesting to me, but it, it does feel like there's some stylistic matchup problems here for uh, the Tar Heels. What do you think? Uh, again, I think I'm sitting waiting by my computer. I guess I'm not making any plans the next few days because I'm really hoping that Connecticut comes short. I think this is as close to a road environment as you will see. Um, yes, there are a ton of UNC grads, fans, everything like that in New York City. One of the biggest, most followed programs, of course, in all of college basketball. But uh, there's going to be a ton of UConn fans there. Uh, I think there's a huge coaching mis- mismatch, like we mentioned in the first game. Uh, I was really impressed by Danny Hurley not getting ejected or even, I think, I don't even think he got a technical foul uh, at the fog. It's wild. We're saying Danny Hurley has a uh, coaching edge over somebody. I mean, <laughs> maybe, but like, I feel like he's kind of always been um, at a talent disadvantage. And I don't think it, that's the case anymore. Uh, of course, UConn is coming off the national title and won't be taking lightly, blah, blah, blah. And maybe don't have all those kind of beautiful big names that have transferred in. But I actually kind of like that better because uh, I feel like that makes a collective team. We both actually, I mean, I followed you into Kansas on Friday night. I kept thinking, okay, I'm about to go out so uh, I can just leave and watch this later. And it never separated. At least it seemed like it was going to separate, then it didn't. And I credit UConn a ton for hanging that environment. We're literally a three-point shot from Pat Spencer, who seemed pretty banged up uh, away from, if that goes in with 15 seconds left, they might even win the game. Uh, had some tough luck at the end co- with not covering the spread. But I, I was, came away very impressed with UConn, impressed with Kansas as well. But I think UConn really made a statement that this is, I mean, we didn't expect this team was going away or going to fall too far. Uh, but I still really like them. Uh, I don't expect them to shoot as well as they did against uh, Kansas. I mean, against North Carolina as they did against Kansas, but that was a road environment. Um, this one, they've already played at MSG, beat Texas there and uh, Indiana as well. Uh, I think that all helps both Klingon and Baycott have actually shot three, three point shots this season, which is very interesting. I don't think we want that to happen if you're backing either of those teams, but um, just from a, a talent perspective, I don't think it's that different. I feel like, uh, really the key is if they can get Alex Caravan shots, uh, we'll see how good Harrison Ingram has been. He's, uh, some of my UNC friends are like calling him the next, the second coming. So we'll, we'll see, might need to pump the brakes on that one. Um, but to me, this is a game that Connecticut wins with a, a big crowd behind them. Unless RJ Davis goes unconscious from three Ingram, maybe delivers on expectations that have suddenly jumped since he got there or Baycott somehow does well against Klingon, but I don't think Baycott's uh, got as much or as talented of a backup behind him. Washington, a young player. Um, also, UConn's got plenty of young players there too. So uh, that might be what swings it or determines it. If you think that North Carolina and Mondo Baycott can get the best of Donovan Klingon, then maybe that is your uh, ticket to backing UNC. But he's given up a lot of size. I think Klingon's like 7-2. Baycott listed at 6-11. So not that that's a significant difference, but I think Klingon's also a lot bigger, like bulkier too. So um, this is a UConn play for me if I can get something three or below. Um, like I said, I kind of feel a lot better this year about backing favorites. It's gone a lot better for me um, so far this season. So I'm looking to back UConn. Uh, I'm going to probably sell or bet against UNC until they prove that this is not just a phase and that this is actually a really strong, talented team under a coach who has no clue what he's doing. All right. Let's look at Texas at Marquette, a true road game here. I think the worst thing that could have happened to Texas <laughs> yeah. was Marquette losing to Wisconsin again. 
and really just kind of getting handled by Wisconsin. It was, it was, I mean, there was some times where Marquette got back in it, but I mean, it was generally a one-sided game. Um, Marquette's generally a, a good home team, but also a team that I don't really love is a big favorite. Um, What's that? Why is that? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I just feel I, like I generally prefer Shaka as an underdog. Like that's when I, I, I feel like that's his, his best spots. Um, that said, Texas on the road, if this team is anything like last year, is not going to do well when they go up in class. And this is going up in class. Uh, I think Marquette, really what happened to them in, in that game against Wisconsin, A, they got smashed on the glass. Like, it, I mean, Wisconsin just got every every rebound. Um, but they were all, the Badgers were also getting – I mean, they got a home whistle, and they were at the line twice as much as Marquette was. This is at Marquette. Um, I, I'll, I'll let you speak on it. I, I, I mean, obviously you follow the Texas program pretty close being an alum, yeah, but I, yeah. I feel like I, I, maybe the the – the close call against Louisville and then the loss to UConn made us think that Texas is just not good. I'm not so sure. I'm not where, I'm not sure where Texas is. So I like, I'm starting to, if, if the number is seven, I might be interested in Texas. Cause I feel like that's a pretty big number for a, a quality squad against Marquette. But again, I'd, I'd like this spot for Texas a lot more if Marquette had done anything uh, against Wisconsin. So just want to put this out there for new listeners to this college basketball podcast. I'm a fanboy of Texas football. Uh, I basically bet against the University of Texas basketball program and have done it since I lived in, in Austin, essentially. So <laughs> don't expect a ton of uh, rainbows and things like that coming from me about the Texas program in a basketball sense. was really anti-Rodney Terry getting the job. Unfortunately, he won so many games, kind of had to get it um, and is a good recruiter. But I have big questions about him as a coach. Um, certainly great at Fresno States of the world, getting uh, good talent there, but was disappointed at UTEP, disappointed to me in a lot of situations at Texas and will, I think, going forward. But this team was completely made over. Um, honestly, they they had like five or seven open scholarships, and so it was looking really dicey for me. I think this is a young team in terms of gelling and how well they know how to play together. Um, I have no idea what to expect from Tyrese Hunter this year, who I guess is an attack the, the rim point guard now. Uh, Max Asmus is the shooting that we've been dreaming about, but there's not really a lot around him. Uh, and it honestly looks like Caden Shedrick's their best player, who is a, a bench uh, defense and rebounding and dunk guy for Virginia last year. So all this like bunch of chaos coming together is really weird to me. And uh, I don't think that Louisville, a one-point win at Madison Square Garden, which is actually a shot that Asmus made, like shot that was in his bag, as the kids say, and it's literally what he does. And he takes a, what looks like a really tough fall away all the time. But I guess it's his shot. Um, little guards, maybe that's what they do. But that was like stole at the buzzer. Uh, UConn was not very close. They didn't play Shedrick in that one, trying to, I think, give him some load management potentially because of a knee injury or concern or something like that. The rest of the schedule has been extremely weak. Um, really, to me, struggled to separate from Rice despite winning by 16 with an average spread of, of, or margin of 10 points throughout the game. That seems really north to me. Um, so I'm not going to make a 40-minute podcast episode. Sorry about saying my concerns with Texas, but they are significant. Uh, and that's before I even get to Marquette. Coming off a loss in a big rivalry game, I think that only motivates them more for the legitimate Super Bowl for Shaka Smart. When he said, 
I am a head coach of the University of Texas and things had gotten so kind of dire, sour, whatever. He had won the Big 12 tournament. That was a big step for the Texas program. And we essentially said, uh, who wants this coach? You don't have to buy him out of his contract. You can have him. And Marquette said, ooh, we'll take him. So uh, the Wojo years ended, Shaka entered, and has been the, the Shaka smart that was a VCU or something like that that we always wished he would be at Texas didn't happen. Um, I think this is a really bad like murder scene. Uh, if I keep saying that, I'm sorry to, to, to keep repeating myself, but um, I don't know what number I would want to back Texas in. Probably it would be above nine so that Ooh. they would, it would cover fouling. Uh, I think this could get really ugly. And I think the way Texas stays in this game is defending. And I have no idea how they stay with Oso Iguodaro if he can avoid foul trouble, which does seem to be an issue for him. Um, I'm, I'm a believer that this is a really, really tough game for, for Texas. And I think the Marquette, like whole program is about buying in, supporting your, your mate or whatever, um, you would call it. And they all are going to, I think, die for Shaka Smart in this one, get a win at home. And I think they're going to try to run away early and it will happen. All right, there you go. Uh, I'm, like I said, you're a lot more staunch on this than I am. I, I, I don't have a great feel for how the game goes. Just the number in general just feels like a big number to lay with, a, I think, a pretty good Texas Certainly. Team. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But then again, you know, I mean, obviously, I, I love this Marquette squad too. So, uh, all right, before we get to best bets, tell the people how they can save some money at pregame, Griffin. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ. It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. 
Yeah, use that promo code. You might have heard it before, but uh, we're extending it for seven more days. Want to make sure you save all your money. Thank you for the support. AJ and I both appreciate it a ton. Uh, it looks good when we're checking our sales reports, and, and it really does matter a lot to us. So make sure you use the promo code NCAA20, uh, our favorite organization that's out there that only does things for the people, for the student athletes, and actually finally started to pay them eventually. But it's good for 20% off all listeners of this college basketball podcast, good for seven days from the podcast release. So uh, jump in there, buy whatever you want. I think you can, you can apply that 20% code across the site. AJ's putting UFC stuff out there. I got soccer stuff coming out on a daily basis if you want to go enjoy the, uh, the the life of penalty kicks and trying to uh, not watch the last few minutes of, of a match. But NCA 20, save you money on anything on the site. Good for season-long packages, daily packages, whatever you want. If you want to try somebody out, save 20%. It's worth it. See if you can get a winner out of it, and then uh, maybe stay for a long time. So NCA. Double A N C A A twenty. Use that code. All right, let's get to best bets. One and one again uh, this week. Shockingly, a one and one uh, best bet yep. performance for us. Let's get. I'll go. I'll take the lead here. And I'm going to do something that generally I like. One of the strategies I like to employ is when I've got a really good team going against a team that's got a brand name, but is a team that I don't believe in. Uh, I'm comfortable laying big numbers then, especially. And that's really what this game is about for me. I'm going to go Baylor minus 12 will be the projection against Seton Hall. And first of all, I just I don't think Seton Hall is very good. I I think Holloway's overrated as a coach based off of a a tournament run. His players are not high-end Big East caliber players. But more importantly, they got smacked around Every time they played up in class on the road last year, literally every time, Marquette, Connecticut, you name it, they went on the road and played somebody with a pulse. They got smacked down. And all Baylor does is bring teams into their house and embarrass them. They are the best team in the country uh, offensively. They are the best three-point shooting team in the country. They are a top-10 offensive rebounding team in the country. Seton Hall can't shoot. We can't, certainly can't shoot threes. And what happens is when they start to fall behind, they just try anyway. And we saw it against Iowa. We saw it against <laughs> USC. They say, well, there's only one way for us to catch up, and it's to chuck threes. And Launch them, baby. They just can't do it. This is, like We've talked about some coaching mismatches on the board. This is, I mean, this is maybe the most massive one that's happening this week in any sort of significant game. Uh, I, I just think there's too much athleticism with the Bears for, for Seton Hall to hang here. Uh, and like I said, I, I just think Drew is, is going to coach circles around Holloway here. So give me Baylor minus 12 hosting Seton Hall for my best bet. Where are you headed? I got nothing to say negative about that one, unfortunately. Maybe not the best uh, English or grammar there. Uh, I just think Seton Hall Booster should be on the Texas A&M plan looking to see how to raise some funds for that buyout because there's six years (laughs) on that uh, Shaheen Holloway contract. I think this is year two, uh, and I think you're going to want to find a new uh, head coach or at least one that uh, doesn't play like he's in a back-to-back tournament game every single day because uh, that's the only t- place that he's successful, in my humble opinion. Yeah. I'm going to go, as you kind of alluded to earlier, in MSG. It's the Jimmy V Classic, I'm I'm pretty sure, right? It is, yeah. Yeah. Um, one of those teams you never would have expected to be in. I used to live in New York City. I actually still have a Jimmy V wristband on that somehow has lasted years and years. Probably is full of diseases. But um, I, I what, went what was, what every... was her name? <laughs> yeah. <it's... laughs> 
well, I don't know if I should broadcast this aloud. So uh, the Florida Atlantic Owls, not a name that I would have expected to ever see in the GVV Classic, but they've deserved it. That Final Four run that should have been a title game run, honestly, if not for a miracle shot from San Diego State. Um, they deserve it. They played really well. I feel like the there's been not a lot of respect for FAU. Maybe it was a loss at home to Bryant earlier this season, but we're pretty big dogs against Texas A&M. Um, yes, there were some injuries that impacted that A&M second half for sure, uh, but also we're only a three-point favorite to Virginia Tech. They would have covered, I think, 33 and a half. Um, got a great win against Liberty, uh, followed up with a big win over College of Charleston. They're answering all the questions. All the players returned, coach returned, none of those things I expected. Um, and they're getting an Illinois team that we've seen be very sporadic at times. Yes, there's a lot of talent there. Yes, they have some size and some potentially some versatility. Uh, I'm betting against that all day, every day. Uh, AJ, you projected that FAU would be a three-point favorite. I'll play it no, anything I, from four or below. Okay, yeah. I, okay. So I thought three when I when I was thinking that this was uh, – maybe I, maybe I did say uh, three because it is on a neutral because I thought the game was at Illinois, didn't I? Um, so, and then it ended up being on the neutral. So yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and say FAU minus one is what I, I think it'll, it, oh, I, I think it's going to be cl- even okay. closer than you think. So I, I'm almost certain it'll be inside of three. Um, great. I'll start off by saying Play it up to four. I, go ahead. I'm Oh, and two against Florida Atlantic this year. They're, they're clearly a very well coached team. I just kept thinking to myself, I don't know how they can keep this up. They play seven guys, basically all the minutes. And at some point, like, you know, they, they've got talent, but it, it's not the kind of talent that you're going to see it at a North Carolina or a UConn or a, a, even an Illinois. Uh, so, I mean, it, it is a, a credit to their coaching, but I, in this game, like, I, I think Illinois has got a really good coach too, um, particularly defensively. I, I think it's going to, this, this is such a good game to me. Um, I, I wanted to back Illinois here because my thought was I've got a super experienced team with a coach that I trust. And then I told myself, oh, you know what? That's exactly what I said when I pushed money across the table and said, give me Texas A&M against Florida Atlantic. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm certainly not in a rush to get money in against the Owls. So uh, I, again, this, is a, this game will be a total steer clear for me because I, I, I still don't know that I totally buy into Florida Atlantic. Um, and I also don't, I mean, listen with, uh, Marcus Domask and, and Gary, like we're, we're learning a lot about how Illinois is gelling as well. So I think there's still a lot of questions for them, which Florida Atlantic doesn't have other than, the how long can you keep playing seven guys and, and, you know, last. And, um, so I, I, I feel like whichever side it's one of those times where I feel like whatever, whatever side I try to take here, I'm going to be proven right or I'm going to be proven wrong. And then like the next game, it'll go back to me being right. Like I, so right. this is just a total steer clear for me, but I now obviously I'll be, I'll be, be I'll be cheering for Florida Atlantic because I want us to have a, uh, I want, I want us to keep winning on these best bets. That's the goal. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to a two and I, I love uh, your side. I feel like Florida Atlantic up to minus four uh, will be the way to get you done. Um, certainly this could be a, a, a coming out party for Illinois that finally shows they know how to play together. But as you mentioned, there's a lot of new faces there. I think I'm going with a team that's played together that will spread the floor, uh, unleash their seven-footer inside, and then basically everyone's going to shoot threes. They all shoot them well. And uh, 
that's probably the most together team that I've seen that had as much success as it did last year and still is a pretty low bargain basement name for it. So uh, I'm laying the points and uh, I'll be very excited to see or I'm surprised, I think, if Illinois are able to win this game or even stay inside the number. All right, so there you go. Florida Atlantic and Baylor, the best bets for this episode. We'll be back on Thursday. It, like it's it's funny, there's a there was a handful of good games this week, but most teams are taking this week off. There's gonna be short slates, and then they they it's like they played on Saturday, like the uh two days ago or yesterday, and then they'll play next Saturday. So not a lot of weekday games, but the, uh, exam time, I assume. Yeah, but obviously we, we found some solid ones to uh to get after and uh on I'm guessing the episode we do on Thursday night will be loaded because everybody will be playing next weekend. So Griffin, uh good luck to you this week and and thank thanks to all you guys for listening, and we'll be back on Thursday night with the weekend preview. Best of luck out there.